Every shut eye ain't sleep. What does that even mean? I- I'm not entirely sure, but I think I heard my grandma <laughs> say it. I think it means <laughs> sleep. <laughs> How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Black Triad Podcast. This is Dina, Tara, and Dara. And yeah, what's going on, guys? You know, other than finding out that Bobby Codwell is the singer of What what Won't You Do for Love, I am fine. I'm coping. I'm living. (laughs) What you won't do. Mm. The the most (laughs) soul-filled music of, like, my, not even my time, but just generally with my life. I feel like one of my favorite songs. And where were you when you found out that it was sung by a white man? (laughs) I was at work. And I was shook like the Mr. Krabs meme. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, For those of you who may or may not have read the the very shocking piece on Very Smart Brothers, (laughs) apparently Bobby Caldwell... Singer of this of the soulful classic, "What You Won't Do for Love," mm-hmm. is white, and I found this out on a Tuesday in mm. my office, <laughs> approximately twelve thirty-eight p.m. with mm. Dina frantically texted, Killed, yes. <laughs> like, did you know? I googled it to be sure, and I was like, I texted my mom, and she was like, "Yeah, I've been known." I was like, "Why didn't you tell no, me, mom?" This is important to tell people. <laughs> But it's funny because it's like not that it's just like it's just somebody singing, but and we all just make assumptions, right? But of course, um, but he sounds so chocolatey. Yeah, I know, and it's like one of my favorite songs. Yes, but I kind of just always knew he was white. I don't know. I feel like when I first like looked the song up, like it was just his picture was there, so I was like, oh. This mm-hmm. is like a... Yeah. <laughs> it just always came, came on. Then, yeah. WBLS. And I was like, yes. I, was like, I, was like, I felt like I was like 45 years old. Like, what you know about this? <laughs> 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 okay, we don't have the copyright for this. <laughs> yeah. So we're not, we're not, we're not getting paid for this. We don't have the money for it. So pause. Oh, my jam. Yes. Bobby yes. And the Michael McDonald. Ooh, some good good blue eyes soul. Yes. Yes. Was out here. <laughs> um, Justin Timberlake, Robin Thicke, you could never. Okay, yes. them is the original blue hot <laughs> I cannot. Awesome, awesome. So I guess let's just dive in, y'all. What's not going on in the world? World <laughs> peace. That's what's not going on. Ooh, speak on it, girl. Um, speak on it, brother. That's for another time. Anyway, so we have at least something to celebrate. One is that a pedophile is not in the Senate. <laughs> wow such a low bar i know right the i was get excited for now yeah right? i was honestly honestly shocked they Roy Moore didn't become Look, the I, mean, actually, I was actually pleasantly surprised <laughs> yeah. yes like, dead pleasantly surprised i it's just sad yeah it really like, sad like but i just honestly was like huh so we we didn't show our ass today, huh? Almost though. That's the thing. They were close to like that margin was still super close for no reason. Yeah, yeah. still yeah. almost half of Alabama wanted a this man in the Senate. So Except that would be more a certain special group mm-hmm. of civilians. I'm gonna like do like a snap intro, <laughs> right? Mm. Who's holding it down? Who's saving the world? Ooh, one boy at a time. Get queens. Black women. <laughs> Yes, so 98% of black women 
said in no, Alabama. It's in Alabama, thank you. But I, I probably across the country, yeah. <laughs> right? Eighty <laughs> percent of black women, specifically in Alabama, all black women, right? Like I feel oh. like maybe globally, actually. Yes, but ninety-eight percent of black women in Alabama, in Alabama who voted said, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have somebody who is like accused of talking to young people has been banned from the mall and yeah. i believe also a ymca right like maybe we shouldn't have this person in here and we local can do... young men's christian association <laughs> wants no business with this man. right like well, how low can we go here yeah, so they said no not no we're not going to do that please let's not mm-hmm. yeah and then i think another thing too is that hasn't more and more like Violated. I think he said slavery was the best time. Yes, yeah, so it's like what somebody <laughs> he was like, him, "What a time to be alive, slavery." <laughs> somebody asked, "What would when was a time that um, America was great?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Even though there was slavery, family. slavery." Like, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, families, families were together. together. Oh, so like except for the enslaved families, so right. the, the ones that party. were like, mm-hmm. yes, wow, wow. and double down. Like he was like that's really what his stance was, and of course, violently." homophobic, transphobic, all those things Mm -hmm. in a big old vat of shit. But yeah, so Mm -hmm. Alabama almost, like again, like set the bar really low for them and they they cleared it, which is like fantastic, but also like yikes, y'all. Yikes. And if we could also maybe shout out some black excellence I saw today on the Because of Them Instagram uh, feed that there was a woman named Herman Hardy, a black woman yes. who drove 10 hours mm-hmm. in her van driving people mm-hmm. to the polls. Spent That's 10 good. hours doing that. So shout out to us black women. Right. Mm-hmm. And I will say to, to Freedom Ride. To make the note about the 17 Freedom Ride. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make note also about not only did 98% of black women, I think 92 or 93% of black men vote in favor of not having a pedophile, but also they did it in spite of voter suppression mm-hmm. happening in Alabama. So like very hardcore things like having police out there to check on warrants and at polling stations, having very strict ID voter ID laws. And so like, mm-hmm. despite all the BS. And the socio-historic context of like Alabama, especially. Yeah. Exactly. So you know, Martin Luther King is out here like, ah, for his <laughs> Like you should you notice, Dara's tongue was out. Yes, but yeah, like despite all of that, still making it through, still voting in over and overrepresented numbers, and it's just amazing to see that in spite like um, adversity, making it through because that's what black people do. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. Always. Okay. Well, speaking of someone who's not on the winning team, Omarosa (laughs) giving a pink slip from the White House. Mm, Um, The boot. Yep. 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 The countless memes. I've been out here roasting. I'm a roaster. <laughs> um, I'm a roaster. Yeah. So yeah. It, I mean, this we we expected this. Um, to be honest, <laughs> I have not been here for Amarosa since she threw Kwame under the bus on mm. The Apprentice. Y'all can look that up. Um, <laughs> Literally, just Google Amarosa throwing well, Kwame under, under the bus. bus. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean. Did anybody see Robin on Good Morning America? I did not. I've heard, though, that she was not here for it. Mm-hmm. She said, bye, Felicia. <laughs> Even Robin is not here for this. Robin loves everybody. Mm-hmm. Not you, girl. Not but, you. but not you. Um, and I think, too, like, CNN correspondents were going in. But really just uh, Angela Rye always. <laughs> Tongue out. Yeah. She was really like, eh. <laughs> Again, good riddance. What do you right? think this was going to be? You thought you were going to be a special, special black? 
For the it's White House? They already have building. one. Yeah. His name is... <laughs> actually, I forgot his name now. What's the one who does... Who, Paris? Who's her? Oh, Ben Carson. Oh. Thank you. Carson. We already yeah. have one magical Negro. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, too many in us. Too much mm-hmm. magic. Okay, you, no, gotta, you gotta cut that. one out. And if you're being sassy, mm-hmm. like, you're gonna get the boot, girl. Mm-hmm. So you thought what you thought this was. Yeah, and she might have been a little, you know, too black at the White House with her, like, taking pictures on the Rose Lawn without yeah. asking oh, nobody. Yeah, regardless of, like, like bitch, we, <laughs> you don't even have of... an office in here. You <laughs> out here taking pictures all the damn long. Girl, yeah. there, there are protocols. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, regardless of, like, how much we don't like her and also, like, how much we don't like the administration, that's, that's wild. Mm-hmm. You can't do shit like that. Yeah. So yeah, terrible. I, I think she showed up with her like thirty-six person wedding party mm-hmm. for a photo wow. shoot. Wow. Yeah. So she was bugging, tripping. Well, girl, yeah. bye. Hopefully, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about hopefully, but let's see if you land another job. She'll probably get like a book deal. Like. That's that's probably <laughs> what's coming next. Because she was talking, she's like, "Oh, the when I tell my story, when I tell being black in the White House." Yeah. And she really <laughs> texted her mouth to say that. You know, there were some things that were happening in the Trump administration that was like, you know, really concerning and mm. affecting my community. Mm. Community where? Who? Who? What, what, what? is this community? Where? Where? I don't where? understand. Mm. Like, who are you talking about? What community? Mm. Like, black Republicans didn't even like you, ma'am. Yeah. So, what community? Right, because I knew you weren't even like. Because your team Amarosa, there's no community. It's community of Amarosa and her son. <laughs> team of me. Maybe her husband? <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Right? Again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's some mean memes and stuff about mm, Amarosa that I think even the shade room had to take down. Oh one of the shoot! Posts. Yeah, because I guess we were just going to in or something. But I don't know. I got a good Yikes. laugh. So Amarosa, good luck to you. Goodbye. <laughs> but not. <laughs> and like, excommunicate yourself in the black community. We're we're cool. <laughs> we can do without you, and we have been doing without you. Indeed, indeed. So now transitioning to all things terrible. Let's talk about net neutrality and how it's basically almost over. So for those who don't know about this whole hullabaloo with net neutrality, basically in 2015, I believe, Obama um, put in some regulations that basically um, said that internet providers should allow access to all parts of the internet without favor or bias for certain things. So stuff like not slowing down data speeds for specific websites because you don't like them or stuff like that. So an example of that would be how Verizon, which is an internet provider, owns Yahoo. And I don't want to sound biased, but Yahoo ain't shit. Like when we, when we usually, I was like, when you usually Google stuff, we use Google, right? Like that's how like something real quick. Exactly. Like we don't use Ask Jeeves, don't use Yahoo, stuff like that. Like, really quickly though, like um, before, I, I remember distinctly when Google was created because I was doing a project in fifth grade and I needed, like, literally, I understand how Google became so popular. It was because of the whole spelling mechanism that mm-hmm. they had. So Yahoo was, like, what we used to use in elementary school. Like Yahooligans, but mm-hmm. remember that. And then Ask Jeeves. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, when Google started to be this newer search engine that people were using, Google would uh, miss, like, all the words you misspelled, Google would correct it for you. So, like, that's why people started using Google a lot more. And that's mm-hmm. how Google kind of got into that footing and started to take over the world. Yeah. And now we say Google instead of search things. Exactly, <laughs> right. So, when so, we yeah. search things, we usually use Google. That's usually everyone's preferred choice, right? So, with net neutrality regulations, Verizon cannot say... Like, Verizon has to give, again, access to all parts of the internet without favor or bias. But if there is no net neutrality regulations, Verizon on their own can say, hey, well, F Google, because we own Yahoo. Yahoo is a search engine. So 
we are either going to slow down your data when you use Google to search stuff instead of using Yahoo, or we're just gonna outright have you pay extra to have access to google.com instead of just using Yahoo. So like, net neutrality, yes, of course it is new, but the idea that people are saying like, well, it wasn't here before, there was a reason why there are regulations being put on in the first place. Like, because things like freedom of internet were at risk. And so Obama putting in those regulations, it wasn't there for nothing. It was there because things were starting to happen with interneting and the interwebs. Yeah. Ugh. And it's just so, so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's the man's name in the FCC? I don't know. Some he's like the new Bobby Jindal. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like, like we only, and he's a tech person. I'm, right. Uh, There's only so few of y'all in government and y'all just trying to really mess up. Like, yeah. stop. This is this is not representation. Yeah. I know y'all. Don't do this. <laughs> so, again, talking about government terribleness, too. <laughs> Recently, the CDC, mm-hmm. or not, not the CDC, but the... Our Agent Orange administration decided that they are going to, they told the CDC that they're going to ban seven specific phrases or words from all research and official government documents. And so, as I I'm getting read it them up, off, yeah, yes. the forbidden words that mm. you, that they do not want the CDC using any official documentation or anything during this administration are vulnerable, oh, entitlement, diversity, mm transgender, fetus, and get this, evidence-based or science-based? How, Sway? How, How is this happening? Like, wh- like, this is, like, the most, like, overt, like, way of censorship. Like, you're literally like, don't use these words. Mm-hmm. Like, vulnerable. <laughs> fetus, right? Diversity. Transgender, transgender, a whole type of pe- person just can't. And diversity, are you kidding me? Is it not like this whole thing of what this country no, fuck is? Because like, they never had that, whites never only. experienced yeah. that, oh never heard of it. Well, whites only, what is this right? diversity? This is just a boring word. Like, it's like these buzzwords and we're annoyed. So, yeah. none of these. Can't use bu- and then, evidence based in science is like, okay, we already know conservatives, whatever, kind of roll funding with data and don't really mm-hmm. believe in data. They would say those liberal institutions, it's like, no, these are, there's like a scientific school? method that people right. follow, like, where these things are evident. That's how, that's how we're able to say that these things are issues that they, they exist we do, studies, we do evidence-based science-based studies mm-hmm. and it proves it through scientific method that this or it correlates with this or mm-hmm. this causes this or th- like and so, they just said no, no. <laughs> i would say not like as a like a good thing but that's for science-based and evidence-based they gave an alternative phrase which is CDC bases its recommendations on science in consideration with community standards and wishes. Which is like, that's mad words, number mm-hmm. one. And two, just say like the regular words. But the fact that there's no suggestion of like a different word for any of the other terms they're banning is like, how will you describe when you're talking about vulnerable populations such as transgender people mm-hmm. and you specifically and people of color? Like, how are we not like, but yeah basically the issue with this is that when you start censoring you erase these words from research less research is or the research is not showing that research is being done on this and with less fewer research studies done on it fewer like less money comes in or fewer money comes in for funding and then the problem disappears yeah Mm -hmm. or the or seeing what the problem is disappears not the problem actually disappears it's still there underground Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and that but that's something also that's like the beauty of the English language. So with English, there's so many ways to describe mm-hmm. things. So I'm just waiting for the CDC and all these sciences to get petty. Yeah, so like, get and shady, get all, shady. Get that thesaurus out, yep. bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's a good word for vulnerable? Go in, you know? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> like, or just get really, like, make the papers longer, really descriptive when you want to say something, like, use the word entitlement and say something else, like, like mm, every time give privilege the, or, like, something give like Give the dictionary <laughs> definition of entitlement anytime you want to say that, just that one word. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, shit like that. That'd be perfect. Yeah, right. so... CDC, and especially as a public health person, yeah, get, bring the petty on. I'm ready for it. Ready them to be like, oh, instead of vulnerable, how about open to attack? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm. Hmm. By white, open to white heterosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Speak on it. Preach. Yo, let's go for it. I'm ready. I'm ready for the battle. But yes, all things very terrible because in real life it is. That's the beginnings of like I was reading comments where we're saying like next we're just gonna start burning books. Like this is mm. true outward censorship. And like aside from the jokes, we should all be very aware and be very afraid mm-hmm. because yes. things only get worse from here. Yeah. But to better the news, <laughs> let's dive into some fluff, shall yeah. we? Yes. Fluff and fairy tales. Mm. So, cousin Meghan Markle. Cousin? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't your cousin. Done secured the bag. Yeah, secured the bag. She is engaged to Prince Harry. Hey, I mean, I think low, like deep down, I kind of knew Prince Harry was gonna marry a black girl. Mm. Or just a woman of color. Because yeah, we want to call. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, partially because he's petty. (laughs) (laughs) Partially because he's like, I want no parts of this throne. (laughs) (laughs) I think his mom. Yeah, I actually think Princess Diana. She would have been down for so proud. Yeah, because she was about it too. Like you know, right? (laughs) That's what he's saying. Right. So, you know, now that the heir, the spare and all, he's no longer the spare. So he's like, <laughs> bro, thank you for having three ass kids, two, like, three kids, whatever. let's go. Like, right? Keep me as far away from that throne, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't want it. What's that going to do with Me and you? my black ass wife. Just... <laughs> well, let's talk about her black ass and sim. Like, right. what is it? Because there's been a lot of debate about, like, are we putting blackness onto her? How does she personally identify? What mm-hmm. does that look like? And I find it interesting. I find the conversation so interesting. About yeah. that, so yeah. like it, like in like what we know about Meghan Markle, is she? Does she consider herself black, or like what's going on with that? Yeah. I know she. I from from what I've read, like she identified as as biracial. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. I know for sure. Um, and she her mom, she says it often too that she identifies as black right. and white. Right, yes. like that's what she will yes. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was actually talking about an episode. She was on the show Suits, but ever yeah. since she done got that range, she like, bye, <laughs> I don't need that. Here's retirement. Um, so, yeah, so she's left acting. But she was on the show Suits, and she, from what I understood, I, I never saw the show, but apparently she was just always kind of, like, racially ambiguous right. on the show until they kind of had her, and I'm doing air quotes, come out as black. <laughs> <laughs> they had uh, the actor... A very special episode of Suits. <laughs> they had uh, the actor, I think his name is Wendell Pierce, oh, uh, mm, as her father. Guy, Didn't we meet him? And, yeah, we met him. Yes. Random yeah. side note, we met Wendell Pierce when we were protesting back um, in 2015. Was it twenty? No, twenty fifteen. Yeah, early twenty fifteen or late twenty fourteen. Actually, around this area. Yeah, around right area. now. Yeah, we were mm-hmm. out. Yeah, downtown Manhattan, and um, yeah, he was popping. He like walked. He got lost with us too. Yep. We were just, it was a hot. We mess. all friends on Twitter. The now. anarchists. You remember the, those anarchist group like split us from our group and mm. stuff. Wendell was like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> <laughs> so shout outs to Wendell, man. Yeah. He's yes. great. He's yeah. really great. But anyway, so well, he came, he was he starred as uh, her father on the show, and she 
was in an article was talking about how people were just so shocked. They're like, "Oh man, she's black!" And Gosh like, darn it, oh. she's a black. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, so if he says if she identifies both as black and white, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, um, and there was also this. Uh, article on uh, Good Morning America that, that Ooh, came out. Yeah. And I'll read the headline. It says for many black women Meghan Markle's engagement offers hope. Hope for what girl? What? <laughs> like what? Like hope, hope for, for marriage? Like what is happening here? Hope yeah. for dating a white man? Like I want to know where your what, what your angle oh, is here. Yeah, yeah. That, like, mm, hope for I read what? that and I was like I definitely shared it in the group chat. Like what, what the fuck is this? Hope for freedom. <laughs> <laughs> To choose who not. I want to be with. Like, <laughs> like, all right. Like, I don't know who wrote that article right. or titled that article. I don't know if they're trying to make a clickbait and mm-hmm. get people to read it. Yeah, I didn't click on it. Mm-hmm. Right. But I just stayed mad. Who even knows what the content of the article was? But right. I, was I, know, like, I looked at the title and I was like, girl, okay, we're not doing that. <laughs> Yeah, but I want to talk more about like because I like the idea that like she identifies as both black and white, but like mm-hmm. people have feelings about that. Yeah, like, especially black people because I've been a lot of the things I've been seeing are either like yes, girl, you did it, or like she's not even black in the first place. Right. And, like the idea of like what mixedness is and how people mm-hmm. identify as mixed and how a lot of times of, I'm hanging out with black people, so I'm hearing from black people that like there's always or this self-identify issue. Black yeah, self-identify mm-hmm. black people as how people feel about when folks identify or not identify specifically as black mm-hmm. and like. I think about like, well, Barack Obama has a white mama and a black father. Mm-hmm. Tracy Ellis Ross has a black mother and a white father. But like, no one doubts, or very fewer people doubt their blackness. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But why are we? Why is the? Why is it different for Meghan Markle yes. specifically? So. Right? As all of us, uh, none of us here, as you know, are ancestry from last episode. None of us here, <laughs> you know, we, we mostly black. <laughs> probably like in total, all of us, it's like what, like probably like 12%. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have 8% UK blood. <laughs> so we bliggity black. Right? So, um, two with like, I guess, so in the context of the United States, like mm-hmm. race and the one drop rule and things like that right. are not necessarily things that people follow in other countries so we're really talking about race descriptions in the context of like the america yeah and especially united specifically states, united states specifically right united states yeah so um with i guess the barack obamas and uh tracy ellis ross's of the world those two i know specifically identify as black mm-hmm. and i feel like there's still it might be an age thing too like just mm-hmm. where they are like how old they are and like what it means to be black and growing up in the having parents who grew up in the sixties, seventies. But I'm sure Megan's you know, she's a little younger, but her mom got dressed. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like, yeah, your I, mama I got dressed, girl. Sure. You know? okay. But then I guess another thing too is like how much longing and stuff. So I don't know. I've I have a lot of uh Self self identified black friends who I guess are technically mixed because they have one white parent and one black parent, mm-hmm. and then also too when you go back to the one drop rule, it's like certain. So it's like if you have so a lot of black people, of course, through you know, just being in America and slavery and stuff, mm-hmm. have white blood. But so and like even like Skip Gates, so Henry Louis Gates did his own ancestry, and he literally found out just percentage wise that he is fifty percent white and fifty percent mm-hmm. black, like because of just race mixing, but. There's not a day that he'll tell you that he's biracial. Right. And that could probably do also with just having, like, not having one white parent. But I always try to take that in consideration. And, like, when people get really mad, people, when biracial people don't identify as black, well, biracial black and white people do not right. identify as black. I 
Like, especially if you have a white parent, how I, I kind of think, like, how can you deny that you're part white? Yeah. Right. Because like, 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 people want people to ignore that. And I'm just like, right. I don't think that they should. Because exactly. it's not the same thing as, like, having... Uh, like having white ancestors that like you literally have this white family you're looking at your white father right (laughs) every day that picks you up from school or something and i think also like even about that she has never said that she's not black yeah she says that she's black and white like if i can imagine i can understand if she was like if she kept saying like i'm mixed Mm -hmm. and like said like oh well i'm not black i am all like she's saying she's both and i think that is factual and correct for her to say i think it also goes not only about like how far it goes up or who's white in your family but also how do you phenotypically look? Yeah, and so that's like what I was who's who's ask. able and who's allowed to say that they're mixed versus who's allowed to say that they're like who has to basically basically say they're black because mm-hmm. there are many people who are mixed with many things but phenotypically show up as I guess generally what one specific race would look like mm-hmm. and so Meghan Markle I look I guess she looks um, very stereotypically mixed yeah right mm-hmm. but like there are people who are dark skinned who have parents of different races or different ethnicities and they can't really go like of course they can of course say that they're half and half or whatever but it's harder when people code you as black immediately yeah what mm-hmm. you're allowed to say versus mm-hmm. if people code you as mixed or even code you as white like even who's that artist halsey oh halsey yeah, like yeah. halsey is looks white yeah and she is biracial right mm-hmm, like yeah. who gets to say they're biracial and she very hardly claim no like very strongly claims by like being mixed and being part black and stuff right because she's always always talking about like because she presents so white, mm-hmm. like people really don't know. I think she had, a, she was talking about like dating white boys and why they think her nipple, like her nipples, nipples are brown. Are, her nipples are brown, <laughs> and she's just like, uh, that's the Negro I'm, in me, yeah, right. That's right I'm, she, she did not say that because <laughs> I'm a person of color at the same time, even though I don't present like it. And she talks about her passing privilege. Right. I know people are even having an issue with her just even claiming black or claiming that she's black because she doesn't look it. And, and it's, it's like, like why, why? people what happy? Do you, want? you know, right? Yeah. What do you want? Like, like you feel like you gotta let people live their lives. Like right. at the end of the day, it's none of my business. It's none of my business. So it's like. <laughs> The thing is, as long as you're not claiming oppression you don't have, yeah, I'm good. Right? Honestly, as long right? as you're not Rachel Dolezing your life, right. like, do you sis? Right. Like, you like know, if you want a white, black, and whatever, white and whatever, girl, mm-hmm. boy, do it. Like, but you know, like <laughs> the real world black side of me is also hoping that you know. Megan will uh, destroy these bloodlines hey, and might take it back for the taking the monarchy the years, once and for all. Right? Bring destroy down the British yes, monarchy. Do it, do it for the culture, Megan. Do it for the culture. Do it for the ancestors, just please. Like, what if it's like an inside job where she's like, "I'm mixed, I'm biracial," right? and comes in, it's like, "I'm blackity black, y'all." Right? I'm waiting, y'all. I'm waiting for after the wedding. wedding. Like, actually, literally Lit. after she says, "I do." She fucking just pours a shit ton of water in her hair. Let her curls okay. activate, bitch. What? If you Buckingham Palace, <laughs> right? let's go. I'm just okay. ready. Came like, through. I need yes. her to come out with a pick. Just destroy these people. <laughs> like, do it. But I know Harry's going to love every second of it. Like, like, yes. I love Harry's going to be like, queen, do, yes. it. do it, boo. Do it, boo. <laughs> yes. Got your shame moisture, She will be Queen Elizabeth's, like, cause of death. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's legit, like, this is actually planned by the USCIA. So, (laughs) to infiltrate Harry's love for women of color. And take down the the British Empire. 1776, this bitch. Like... The ultimate revenge. <laughs> Yo, I'm dead. I hate y'all so much. So the plan goes into effect May 19th. Yeah, I see that's their right. wedding Countdown. date. So it's lit. it's lit. I, I hope they televise it. Have a watch. Oh, yeah. oh they definitely will televise <laughs> they it. Will. And I will be watching it on my phone as I did mm-hmm. for Homegirl's wedding. What was her name? 
Gucci. Oh, I thought you said Gucci and Keisha's wedding. I'm sorry. I watched that too. Yeah. Right. I hope she comes out with a black designer. I hope she goes and gets a tan and just lets her. I hope a black mama come through for real. Right. Like, girl, I hope Barack and Michelle come through. Right. I'm pretty sure they will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's take a break. Yeah. Breather and let's dive back in. triad segment uh continuing with the topic of prince harry and Meghan markle uh the, the two of them have kind of been painted the story or perhaps the media has painted the story of them being this fairy tale uh these two coming together and so i think that for the question i'd like to pose to the three of us is kind of um what was considered the fairy tale for you guys growing mm. up let me think. And that relates either to love, marriage, life goals in general. So this is Dina speaking. <laughs> so um, I feel like the fairy tale that I constructed for myself when I was a young one, a, a youth, them, mm-hmm. um, was kind of like, I know like for one, I wanted to be married by age 26. <laughs> and for those who don't know, I am 27. <laughs> so, and I am single. <laughs> so, have not reached that goal, have failed that. <laughs> but yeah, like the idea of like being partnered and married or at least like seriously together by age 26 and then having a child by like age 29 or 30, like that was just specifically because my parents were together around that time and had me when they were like 31 32 so like that was based off of like well my parents did it that's the way you should do it of course with life and how the economy has been screwing millennials over like no one most people are not ready to be any type of seriously booed up and all that mm-hmm. by that age right. but i think that's one thing that has changed and flexed our time but i'm trying to think like has my my parents never really put any narrative on me about like timelines or what i should be doing at certain times excluding like careers like you should be employed (laughs) by this time you should be going to college and possibly getting like your master's around this time and so even when I was younger too my idea of like what my fairy tale life was being the director or someone's or the CEO of Planned Parenthood Federation (laughs) not even NYC Federation um having my husband and having kids and just like flexing and being popping with sexual health this is like me at like age 13 thinking this that's so awesome <laughs> so but again i know we're near there i'm a, a, just a lowly health educator <laughs> i am single 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 and i'm getting my life together mm. so yes that's my loans my god mm. and the loans did not foresee that fully disney did not include that part nope it's go to college it'll be great right. go to grad school it'd be fantastic and here i am crying right so yeah Each payment <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so how about you dara um oh okay um for me uh i guess for childhood wise in terms of like 
my own ideas for myself. I don't know if I thought about marriage that much. I was probably just thinking of like riding bikes and stuff. <laughs> but um, I guess now more so that I've gotten older, uh, I would really like to be married. Even just like now, like working towards that is like a goal. I definitely want kids. I've always thought about having children. That's mm-hmm. something that I've always wanted because I love, love, love kids, and I think that they're amazing and that they're such like it's so mm. cool to like help shape someone's yes. perceptions of the world and how they'll navigate it. Mm. Like, and also kids can be so cool. Like, they are cool. Yeah, really, really and I also think that my kids will all be cool kids and like really great because my mom says that we were all like really great and like kids that listened and stuff so Beautiful. <laughs> i just feel like that's genetic so i'm just hoping that you better pray you better be cross really those fingers right. before you get some rough kid <laughs> that my kids would just have really good temperaments because my mom said all of my siblings we all had like really great temperaments and we were easy to work with which is why she was just like really grateful to <laughs> god it sounds like co-workers you're, you're, you're great to work with right? um right. in your youth and you know i want to continue this relationship with you basically that's <laughs> just a partnership like she can like, do this you guys were bad like actually bad and she's like she does not know how she would have survived with us but she's like y'all would just like really listen and just this i'm like bet if my kids are like that like it's money like i don't know how people don't like them they're only little for a, like a little bit and then they're, <laughs> and then they're adults <laughs> so it's just like you know whatever but that's another thing so in terms of like i guess marriage too um i always imagined like three well not three two two weddings like because i'm Nigerian, mm. so you know it's gonna be more it has to be more than one depending on who you marry invite. right mm. so i guess Parent-wise, my mom had always said, like, when I was younger, like, her ideas have changed now. But she was just like, yeah, you're going to marry a Nigerian man. You're going to marry a Yubu man. You will have the traditional wedding here. You'll do this. You'll do that. But now she's kind of like, whatever, girl. Whenever, whenever you get your shit together, like, figure it out. Don't rush it. Just, just go on, girl. Right. But for me, I always imagine it being, like... The two weddings, like, I do want maybe a Niger- a traditional Nigerian wedding, mm-hmm. whether it would be, like, an engagement type of thing or mm-hmm. wedding, I don't know. You know, so, you know, future husband, you listening to this, like... <laughs> Make that know, Pinterest board. it out, my guy. Like, <laughs> but, um, and then, two, just, like, having the traditional wedding, like, like, a traditional American wedding. I guess white weddings, what we call in Nigeria, so, like, mm-hmm. the church wedding. I probably, mm, I'll definitely get married with a pastor. I don't know if I, I don't necessarily feel about getting married in a church i don't Mm -hmm. know why i just feel like god is everywhere so you don't necessarily need to be married in a physical building of a church Mm -hmm. i feel like your church is with you your church is family but anyway that's a whole other side Mm, but one significant thing though that i did that changed my perception of marriage to was in when i took intro to feminisms in college yeah Mm -hmm. um wait could you just call yourself feminisms yes i love that that was the thing like it wasn't just intro to feminism but the idea and note to that there's many different types of feminism right so So just carry mm -hmm. on it was plural Mm -hmm. feminisms so intro to feminisms and uh we talked about the whole idea of giving away the bride Mm -hmm. and like how it's like this patriarchal thing of like giving having a male give you away to somebody the other male in this new family Mm -hmm. and i kind of just like really vibe with like that feminist idea of like like nah like why is that like a standard right and like in Nigerian uh, traditional wedding, um, it's actually kind of the, like, there's a whole, like, bride price, and then, you know, I'm always talking about lowering my bride price, like, <laughs> because I'm just so ratch. But, <laughs> but um, when I think about uh, the Nigerian wedding, like, in the actual ceremony, it's like, the woman is actually, for, like, we come up with a palm wine, we drink, we take a sip from it, and we give it to the person that we want to marry. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm giving you this one. And then if you, you drink from it, and then and that's how it's like, ah, you guys are married. So Is that kinda, specifically Igbo? Or yeah, well, Igbo people, that's how okay. we, in the Igbo, that's how we do it. But um, in 
like I guess in the American one, it's like someone's like your dad, your the male figure in your household mm-hmm. is walking you down the aisle. So I decided for myself that I was actually gonna walk down the aisle by myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I really am strong. That's something that I very strongly believe in. And I, it's funny too because like I have a lot of men. Like my father's alive, my brothers are there, but I'm like, nope, I'm doing this myself. Like yeah. I'm petty, so <laughs> I'm gonna walk myself down the aisle. So that's something that I very strongly have always thought of, and like that's like. There's no compromise that's happening. Mm. So just a comment on that <laughs> idea of like giving away, like even for the part where it's like you may kiss the bride mm-hmm. part. So for those who don't know, my fun fact is that I am licensed to not licensed, but I'm able to perform weddings yes. in and New York City. Yeah. I have performed a wedding, and so <laughs> when I perform my friend's wedding, um, the part where it goes like you may kiss the bride, I purposely made it so that it's, you may now like seal the union by with with a kiss or something like that mm-hmm. because I didn't believe in the idea of like you may kiss the bride like. You're kissing each other. It's a mutual act, <laughs> right. and again, like it's all it's all founded in this idea of like permission to do this to this to, for the bride and mm-hmm. giving her away and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I agree 100. percent So yeah, you walked on that aisle, girl. Yeah, right. Independent woman. Right. Yeah. I was slay. I'll have my gown. will be popping. Yes. yes. I love wedding dresses. I think they're so mm. so dope. But yeah, Tara, what about you, Tara? All right. No pressure. So um, <laughs> I would say for when I was little, a lot of my fairy tale was more uh, career driven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I never really connected that much with a lot of the Disney fairy tales. Um, you could also uh, perhaps say that the lack of representation of diverse mm-hmm. princesses were to blame, or I don't know. I just never really connected with them. So for me, I never grew up uh, imagining what my wedding would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, um, I was just more so like drawing out my career goals in life. I wanted to be in the Olympics. I used to run. So I was like, yeah, mapping out this. And I would like draw pictures of me and my track uniform. Early vision boarding. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I was a visionary Um, at five years old. So that that was, (laughs) that's what it was for me. Um, And my parents very much encouraged that. Um, I think if anything, there was some, um, some bit of feminism in me then my dad used to say things like oh like when you you know get married one day I was like if I do dad yeah <laughs> my career comes first I'm setting myself up for for unhappiness <laughs> oh what <I> know. <laughs> you don't know so, me dad I don't know. Eight year you don't are. know my wife <laughs> but yeah um I mean, once I got older and then um, opening up the idea of uh, marriage of a life partner, um, then I began to kind of draw that fairy tale for myself. And I think there's power in that, being able mm-hmm. to uh, envision a life for myself. Um, fortunately, my parents, like, you know, allowed me to have that freedom. They never really imposed mm-hmm. um, um, their, their goals or dreams for me. Um, and so... Uh, if anything, one thing, uh, and we haven't really touched on it, well, a little, a little bit with uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, the idea of also was like interracial mm-hmm. um, dating. So I would say when I did start having, you know, have painting these goals, this idea of being married, uh, of love and, and all of that. Uh, for me, there was the automatic painting of me marrying a black man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was 
it for me. And dating apps, it's black, boogity black, black. <laughs> that is the preference. That's, that's, it's an actual filter, black, and, boogity black. And I would say, um, if anything, the one time in which one of the rare times my parents, specifically my father, kind of you know, imposed a bit was I was having a conversation with him uh, in the car. And this was just as a disclaimer, this was before Bill Cosby's um, accus- you know, the accusations against Bill Cosby. But my dad essentially was like, you know, Tara, um, there's a lot of Claire Huxtables out there, but not a lot of Heathcliffs. So if you want to date outside your race, I hereby give you all the <laughs> in the world. Like you don't have to, you know, stay within this, you know, box or not a box, but like this one idea of, of who the perfect companion is mm-hmm. for you. Ain't that the truth though? To yeah. What your dad was saying, because even like a lot of my, uh, just black female friends have said that too. Like they're like someone's college educated doing had these great jobs doing this and then it's so fine hard to find another black man who's equally yoked to you mm-hmm. or just even mm-hmm. just like has so, the potential to potential to right, or right. like the you know and it sucks <laughs> it really yeah. sucks yeah. especially, especially when like, you're attracted to, to black, black men, men. yeah right, right. And that's right. like i know for me i'm also blue black check the box <laughs> like mm-hmm. and it's just like, i don't see myself being or being married to someone who isn't now, i'm not trying to say that i won't be but like that's too like you know, ideally in my head, if you if there was like an archetype that I thought would be at the other end of the aisle, it would be someone a black man mm-hmm. or some man who is Afro Afro in some way. Okay, they don't need to be like Nigerian, but definitely mm-hmm. like Afro Latino mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah. I think what I also opened it up is to at least like another person of color. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think yeah just I think some of that, <laughs> like to have some ex- shared experience. Um, with your partners, mm-hmm. so kind of like in in the movie Get Out, mm-hmm. when he was trying to explain uh, explain things to to Rose, and he was like, you know, don't don't like don't you get it? Like he was just like using his hands yeah. to try. It. And she's like, no, like, no, I don't, I don't get it. And she was also that. evil. Yeah, but we right. did get it. But, but no, but, but in general, in that yeah, scene, like right, the idea right. of it. So like, like there's certain cultural things that like even when you're not of the same exact culture, but you're not white. Mm-hmm. There are things that are like similar, and when you confront that with whiteness, it's like there's usually that disconnect that happens that gets awkward, especially when you're like partnered right forever. Right. Yeah, definitely not saying it's bad, you know. You right, know, we right. support inter, we support love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, love, love, love is love, is love, is love, 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 is love, is love. That was our limit, well, right? Yeah, it's love, is love, is love. It's like we can start weeping into the paper. So yes, we support every type of love, regardless as long as all consensual in that mess. But like. Yes, I know where you're coming from, where it's like what you envision at the end of the aisle and like what you've been also, I guess, conditioned to want to have in your life. Right. Yeah. 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 And Dara, you brought up the point of like wanting to be like equally yoked to a partner. And I guess I want to open it up to you guys to get your opinions on this. You know, being a black woman, do you ever feel like wanting that? Like you're get given those labels as bougie, you know, that your standards are too high, mm-hmm. or or whatever the case may be. I mean, I, I know for myself when I've included things like oh, like wanting them to have like an education, or you know, at least to have like a passion or a career in life, mm-hmm. that you get these labels as black women as mm-hmm. just right. wanting too much. Mm-hmm. I've been told that I, mm-hmm. my standards are high. I don't think that they're high. So I know some people who have, like, as lower standards. I don't even call them standards. It's like whatever you can tolerate right. versus what you can't, right? So 
I could date more people, just date mad people. One, I date it makes me uncomfortable, so I don't really like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's just like, um, like I see so many people like literally just rotate through dating people, dating people. It doesn't work out. Dating people doesn't. I don't like that. Like right. it's just like I like rather just conscious dating. Yeah, yeah, like very like. So that's why like people say like, oh, my standards are too high. But it's like, oh well, look at this. I've dated a lot of really great quality ass people. Exactly. Because yeah. Of that. Yeah. It just hasn't like worked out yet. Whatever. Right. Yeah. But you know, it's it's gonna come. And like, I think another friend had told me once that, oh, like. Like, I want you to date, like, this person or this person because, like, I want you to just at least find love. Like, I don't know why your standards are set so high. I was just like, I don't want love. Just love? <laughs> I want it all, bitch. Are you yes. kidding me? Like, I want it from, like, yes. the top to the finances to this, and education to what we can speak about to how we, uh, our spirituality is to how our kids will be raised. Like, I want it all. Like, right. just, just love. Since when a love just make marriages work? Like, it just doesn't. That's, like, how, that's what the fairy tales tell you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. I guess I've, just in my experiences with, like, my parents' relationship and just, like, people that I've known, so, like, I just know for myself that, like, what I want <laughs> mm-hmm. and like how the best approach is to go towards that. And I don't feel like I'm missing out just yet because I won't date a, a dude who's, who has like, Oh, that they really love, but they have all their, like they have so many issues. I'm not, I'm really not here trying to fix people either. Mm, like I'm really tired that. of that trope of black women, like having to be Wait. with men and fix them yeah. or like be patient go through with him through his heart. Like, it's a narrative that gets pushed on people too yeah. often. And going yeah. back to what you said about high standards, I even hate that because it usually, it usually only gets put on black women. Right. Like any other person that has quote unquote high standards, he has high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Right. And it gets kind of like pushed to like, oh, somebody has to be able to meet up to your level versus when you say somebody has high standards and it's bad, you're, de- you're technically saying that I shouldn't value myself highly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's really what you're saying. Exactly. And that's like something yeah. that black women often hear yeah. when it comes to that. So like, and okay, I've been told my... that by, like, friends of mine who yeah. are just like, oh, I think your standards are too high. Okay, but we're all still single, and you've been dating, like, bad people, and you still not And you there, haven't found so anybody, like, so and you're been, not winning and either. And you've been dogged you by, ain't like, winning either. like, I have a good, because I grew up with, I have mad brothers, and, like, all my cousins are, all my, like, cousins, like, family members that do live here, some that do, like, they're all men, so, like, I've been around men a lot, and I understand them, like, mm-hmm. so I can read bullshit very, mm-hmm. very well. So that's why I'm just, I'm not that phased by men, and, like, their foolishness like you're not I'm not feeling like I'm missing out by being single and waiting mm-hmm. for someone who I who I actually feel is going to want to progress and do something more you know yeah, I don't know yeah, like right. y'all not gonna play me exactly. the thing is for me I'm like I have high standards too and I'm, I'm flexible with what that looks like because even for education right I, de- I generally want somebody who's college educated mm-hmm. and hopefully like matching that like if you have a master's degree, intellect. then it's like even just right. intellect. but like with the, going back to like flexibility like the intellect so yes maybe you just have a college degree but like are you still doing that extra learning on the outside? Because I know, like, even me and you, we, like, love trivia. We love looking shit up (laughs) and just knowing shit for no reason. Right. Right? I need somebody who has that same type of drive. You don't have to have a master's or other graduate degree, but do you have that yearn and drive to, like, once you just find out more about anything mm-hmm. right like curiosity. those are things yeah. curiosity, like what's yeah. important that's those are things that are important to me so like it doesn't have to be the standard of you have to have this job and this income and this way of looking blah 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 Thank but like, like do you there's have different a passion ways for something exactly there's different ways that, that can all look but it has to be that same value in there yes. and i think i look for people who have my same kind of values which are very specific and yeah. of course based on the way i was raised but like for to, to say that that standard's high is so terrible. Like, yeah. let me struggle and find that person because when I do find that person, 
It'll be lit. Yeah. And I won't get divorced. Yeah. Right. So I'm not trying to get divorced. It's none of your business. It's none of your business. So just. <laughs> it's a real song. Yeah. It's some of yeah. uh, that Mr. Hotspot. The boy goes, like that. Oh, God. <laughs> All these chips are smackable. You know what I'm saying? No, I do not. <laughs> you know, smile for him. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Smile for him. I see you scrolling that Instagram today. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where that comes from, you yeah. oh, But there was also a, a meme that was uh, circulating at one point. And it was talking about like Barack and Michelle, and it was like, oh, Michelle met Barack when he was an intern. Oh, so that ladies, fake shit. <laughs> you better, you know, you should wait on him. And, but Barack is Barack. You is not Barack, though. No, but aside from that, <laughs> okay, like, first Barack of all, they had, met each other when they're both Harvard Exactly. Ball, exactly. They, they had plans. Like, yeah. yeah. He was not no broke plan. ass, he, like, yeah. like, like that type of And he was doing like community work, and Michelle was like, all right, dude, you were the president of the Harvard Law Review. Like, I'll wait. <laughs> like, that's different. It was more than just potential. There was like a plan in action that he had. So, and even potential and drive, like, you have the drive to want to reach these goals that you have. Like, that's okay. It's one thing if you're like a SoundCloud rapper, your music's trash. Mm-hmm. Like and I know it's trash and I'm just like yeah you know we're just gonna wait you're like yeah I'm still gonna be this rapper we're 40 in this you're 40 years old and you're still like yeah I'm still seeing away from my break fa- yeah right <laughs> like okay you still need someone who's at least for me I need someone who's somewhat of a realist or mm-hmm. someone who's more practical than like you know it's like I'm not gonna be supporting you through your SoundCloud thing exactly for the next 20 years of our marriage like, what you work know? are you like, playing in other than that yeah or, like do you have mm-hmm. any other drives or like the, what drives you to do this and are you realistic if your music mm-hmm. is trash how are you still sitting here talking about you going be this rapper exactly. and your music is trash. If your man's not hot. Right. <laughs> I won't even go back to like when you brought the example of Barack and Michelle, like even on the flip side of that, like the narrative when Gucci married Keisha? 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 Yeah, Keisha mm-hmm. K.O.R. Jamaica. Yes. Yeah, right? But she <laughs> married Keisha Kaur, Kaur. And like that narrative too where it's like, Gucci went to jail. Gucci was addicted to lean. All these things. And <laughs> Keisha Kaur stayed away from all that Not the fact that he was <laughs> I know, right? I know. But Gucci cheated on her, but she was a ride or die. And like that sort of like ride or die narrative that gets thrown afterwards. Like, number one, she... Like, in my opinion, she shouldn't have to have stayed throughout yes. that bullshit, right? Yeah, even with T.I. and Tiny. Exactly, like, all no, that. Like, no, I'm going to ride and I'm going to ask questions. Right. right. <laughs> exactly, but the fact that, like, like, of course, like, I'm not judging her choice in staying with him. Like, they, if they found love in that, then that's fine for them. Again, mind your business, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the fact that, like, when you are, when a black woman specifically is seen as, like, sticking through the things that are obvious bullshit and you get praised for doing that rather than praised for questioning and being like, you know what, I don't stand for this and these are not my values and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That gets perpetuated also for young women. And many and times it's not too. reciprocated. Right, treatment. exactly. Like, that same thing of, like, that, ride, that ride or die mm-hmm. mentality is not put on men. Yeah. So women could fuck up at any point and it's like, well, especially when you're talking about glow-ups, mm-hmm. when the narrative of, like, women sticking by homeboy when he's broken and whatnot and then when he glows up he leaves her yeah mm. and so it's like okay jeremy um mm. what's his name jeremy uh the prison bay oh yeah prison oh, bay jeremy Mills, Mills, Meeks. 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 Yeah. yeah he, he glowed up and left and went yeah. to a yeah. a, a rothschild but i'm like secure the bag bro right <laughs> i mean you did it it's a damn rothschild you but, better go take that money shit. that historically Right. Out, buddy. But yeah, basically what I'm just saying is that like all those those things that are told to black women what to do and what to not to do leaves us all still single and broke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like or we're in told told that we have to endure so much exactly. to obtain the fairy tale. Right. Yeah. Only for it to probably not to happen. So yeah. it's like, do what you want, girl. Yeah. Do what you want, anybody, not even girl. Anybody out there, do as you wish, as long as it's sets and aligns with your values and views, go ahead. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
And uh, I think we could also just, you know, give a little shout out to Miss Serena Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. A little snack of a baby. She's so oh, cute. Oh, a true <laughs> button. Oh, a right. literal button. Oh, God. Yeah, you guys can't see it, but I'm like holding my cheeks right now because she's just so cute. Dory's so cute. And she's already a Wimbledon champion. So okay. Like, <laughs> or one like, of what, the what have you been doing with your life? Right. You've been okay. failing. In utero was a champion. Mm. Right. And she's a junior. I love when men yes. make their kids juniors, like their daughters juniors. Yes. I believe in sons. female juniors. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe in any other type of seconds or thirds of juniors because I'm like, that's self-serving. Right, yeah. What makes you so great that I should be named after you? Like, like, literally, like, I can understand naming you after, like, your grandparent, but mm-hmm. naming after yourself, so? that is, like, the highest and we live in the same form household. of narcissism. Like, <laughs> who are you calling on? Are you calling me or dad? Right. Like, what's happening? But a female junior? Subvert. Yeah. <laughs> also, um... Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumpert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the their daughter is a junior, junior as mm-hmm. well. So, yeah, basically give yourself uh, unisex names. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis and Iman, right? Yeah. All right, so the most wonderful time of the ding, year. Dong, ding, dong, ding, dong. Is out here. <laughs> so, Christmas and Kwanzaa actually, you know, are coming up soon. And since the, you know, trash segment, let's go a little bit into Kwanzaa and, like, what that is and what it's about and stuff. Right. So, the Kwanzaa holiday is a holiday created, like, in the 60s by this, like, black, like, activist scholar guy who um, wanted to kind of do this Pan-African thing to reconnect African Americans or black Americans to their ancestral homes of Africa. So, you know, it's meant to just be this thing with seven pillars. I want to read them. Yeah, yeah. so the seven pillars or the seven, the seven core principles of Kwanzaa are Umoja, which means unity, Kujidakulia, which means self-determination, Ujima, which is collective work and responsibility, Ujama, which is cooperative economics, Nia, which is purpose, Kumba, which is creativity, and Imani, which is faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um... For, it, for us being all black people and this mm-hmm. holiday represent all black people, mm-hmm. have y'all ever celebrated Kwanzaa? So technically, yes. So fun little story. Um, I went to a very like pro-black elementary school in Brooklyn, obviously. <laughs> and um, kind of like going back to the episode with um, Thanksgiving when Dara was saying that like her family didn't necessarily celebrate Thanksgiving until somebody came back from school like there's this new thing called thanksgiving right and so like it was kind of like that for kwanzaa in my family where i came back from school and sister came back from school we went to same elementary school like kwanzaa what is this and my parents are like oh, okay <laughs> like they're they're not they weren't that new to the u.s but like especially in brooklyn there are very deep Caribbean enclaves and so like no one's really celebrating kwanzaa <laughs> like around you is where you work and where you live and so we got we went to like the library got the kwanzaa book like looked it up, try to celebrate it. And like after like two years of trying and being very awkward about like, what candle do we light? Where do we get these candles from? Or Dollar store candles. for dummies. Right, <laughs> it was basically Kwanzaa for dummies and us being just very awkward and not understanding about what the hell's going on. We have stopped and we don't longer do anything Kwanzaa related. And we just look back at like, we tried <laughs> the end, but that's really the extent of what I knew about Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. What about you, Tara? As like the noted African American, she's of an this. expert. Yes. On black, I am actually black an American. expert. No, um, I remember. So this goes back to I want to say maybe elementary school, middle school, uh, when they used to have that little part of the curriculum dedicated to the different holidays in mm-hmm. December. And so I remember coming home from school one day, and I was like, Dad why don't we celebrate Kwanzaa? And he was like, 
because we don't. And I was saying And so, <laughs> I mean, I, I have friends who have told me, like what you said, Dina, have tried it like once or twice, mm-hmm. um, but but didn't connect with it. And yeah, well, my dad didn't even want to try. But that, so that was the end of that. <laughs> he already knew. He was like, He's no. like, how about no? <laughs> okay, and for me, um, Kwanzaa, gosh, I remember the first time I heard about Kwanzaa, I think it was actually like in fifth grade, because one of my, my fifth grade teacher was uh, very pro, very pro, one of my first black, like, teacher teachers, and she was very, like, pro-black and was, like, very inclusive of cultures and stuff, and she celebrated Kwanzaa for her family and stuff, so that was my first time really hearing it, and I was instantly like, what was that? What, what is that? <laughs> so then people were, like, I read more, because I'm a person who loves to read and learn more, so I read more on it and stuff, and just as an African, I was just kind of like, eh, um, some of these are concerning. Like, right? Let's, <laughs> let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Let's, just, let's just talk about that. It's just like a, I guess, the resident African of the group. So my things with Kwanzaa, with what what I take issue with it, is like for one, um, the use of Swahili as the language. Yeah. So I, I read that the reason why they use Swahili as the language of this is like just a Pan African thing that Swahili is the most spoken language in Africa. So that's why that they decided to use Swahili to connect everyone of African descent. But my issue is, is like, hmm, as descendants, as people in the Americas diaspora, you're descendants of the transatlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. So that means you're almost 90, I'm going to put it like a 98%. Yeah. Like that's how strongly it is. Your ancestors were West African and Central African, right. meaning that they did not speak no damn Swahili. Right. So that's why I was kind of like, uh, I mean, I get it, like in the terms of, pan-Africanism, but, like, there's something so... With Kwanzaa, I feel like there's something that's so... I'm trying to find the word for it, but kind of, like, makes Africa seem like a monolith, Uh and I kind of... It's kind of annoying and disrespectful as fellow black people to think of, like, you have this concept that has... And I know a part of it is just, like, what we do, like, for people in the diaspora it's like we don't know about our culture and it was stolen from us so we're just like give us a chance bitch we're trying to learn but at the same time there's google and all these things we can do better so we we can do do a lot better yeah there's many things we could change about Kwanzaa so even going back to the idea of um, Swahili like I know that there was a reason why they did it but there's also like this romanticism of East Africa when it comes to like when people think about like as what their roots are in Africa, people always Mm -hmm. turn to like Egypt Egypt. turn to Ethiopia turn to like even Kenya sometimes and it's Mm -hmm. like Again, like we said, and 90, South Africa, right? Ninety like Mozambique, not Mozambique, um, Madagascar, right? And like all that, right? Yeah. Like, mo- like we said, most likely you are you are Central or West African, yeah, and yeah. that's okay too. Like, yeah. The idea of like we think of like the monarchs and like the king and kingdoms in, um, oh, so that means in the Nubia. in like Egypt and what's the other one? Sudan or not Sudan? Because you say like your Nubia. Like, oh, yeah, about, like, oh, Nubia, right? oh, let's talk yeah. about right. Nubia. Like, real there's always quick. like this, like, oh, oh we want to be that. And it's like, there were also queens. kings yeah. and queens, like Bantu kings and queens, queens Mali, yeah. Timbuktu. Timbuktu, hello, the like, great Mansa Musa. Like, like, the richest so man many. in like history. Yeah. Like, we have those things too. And like, we don't have to, when we're thinking about like Pan Africanism, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense technically, but also if majority of us come from a certain part of the continent, it would make more sense to have things at least be centered in that. Yeah, centered yeah, in that. Centered in that. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's no shame in your ancestors being cocoa yam farmers. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, you don't gotta be. Here. You don't gotta be a king to be great. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know. So I guess another thing in 
just in terms of like pan-Africanism and its problematic nature is like, so people say like Nubian queen, you're this, you're the new, like, mm-hmm. first off, like Nubians, they are people. I know people who are actually Nubian. It's an mm-hmm. ethnic group. Like people who are actually Nubian, like stop it. Like people call me, it'll stop be like, oh, you're a Nubian queen. Like, no, I'm it's not from Nubia. It's an ethnic group. You can't just be calling people that. Nubian. Yeah, people don't. But it's just like, and that's the problem with like pan-Africanism. Sometimes it's so like, just sourced out of nothingness like mm-hmm. you need to really like come and collectively do the research and like actually know what you're talking about because like then i was like next to call me a nubian queen and i'm Igbo. Yeah. like it's not <laughs> like so it's, like calling, your, it's like calling me your it's like calling me your above like it just doesn't make sense so, like, right. please stop doing it yeah. <laughs> so, so then also true in terms of swahili another issue that i had with kwanzaa that i actually learned later in life is that i was speaking to my friends who were swahili speakers and a lot of them were like mm, you know those words don't necessarily translate those principles so, don't translate right. to mm-hmm. what they're saying in english like i think someone was saying that kuchakalia even though it means self like it kind of doesn't necessarily mean that in so like there's a better translation translation for it. Mm-hmm. It's just like basically the research just wasn't done well. Like someone did like a mm, let's say like a, an 8th grade, ninth grade project, didn't sort, cite all the sources, <laughs> but kind of got the project going. That's my only issue. But like I really appreciate what Kwanzaa was trying to do. Right. Like I love that. That whole idea of black community and mm-hmm. bringing black people centered back and reflecting into ourselves and pouring resources back into our own mm-hmm. communities. I right. love that about Kwanzaa. Right. And I wish like it was different. Mm-hmm. Like so I, could, I would love to celebrate Kwanzaa. Absolutely. Yeah. With those changes mm-hmm. in yeah. mind. Right. Yeah. I don't know how who who do we call the collective Black Congress? Uh, who, do, oh, who do we call the call Black Triad? Who fix a Black identity <laughs> extremist? Right, <laughs> Black identity extremist. Give them a call for the next convention. See right. what we can, what we can and do. So what about we can that. do about Kwanzaa? Make it more like representative so that people can feel like actually connected to yeah, it. Connect yeah, to it and feel good about it and make it more like. Just accurate. Yeah. Because yeah, mm-hmm. it's not that old of a holiday. It's only in the 60s. We can fix this. Honestly. We can fix this. For real. And, I, and I, when I was younger, I think that's what I was looking for because those, those were around the times of those class projects where we had to talk about our culture and mm-hmm. I was so at loss. And so I felt like, wow, this holiday that can like connect me right. to my roots, it's 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 a real thing. And um, yeah, just not connecting with it as much as I had hoped. episode got me thinking and reflecting on the many ways and narratives that are pushed on to black women specifically about the ways to think about themselves whether it's in terms of self-identity or career or life and love and I just want to like again say that as the black triad we want to push back on those monolithic narratives. I mean, the fact that we are the black triad and coming from different viewpoints of that is a way to subvert from that. But yeah, like just be yourself, love yourself, treat yourself good girl Mm -hmm. and everybody else. (laughs) Yes. Treat yourself. Yeah. And I'm also thinking about that. And also the idea of, uh, that black women always having to save someone. I think Mm. that was, uh, a lot of, the theme as a part of the Doug Jones Roy Moore um, campaign or election right. uh, was that black women saved the day and once again, once again, mm-hmm. um, and so and while it's cool, it's like oh yeah, you know, a little power on like, backs, but it's just like, like mm, no, we're tired. 
No, like how about instead of black women saving the day, how about black women running things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, that support behind your local black woman trying to run for mm-hmm. Congress or running for representative or anything that she wants to be. Like. Right, right. And even really quickly, uh, this is probably, <laughs> let's just go a little back to uh, Doug Jones and stuff and like, Charles Barkley. Mm. I don't know. I saw recently that he was, you know, Charles Barkley, problematic as hell. So we preface it with that. He problematic. Mm-mm. Problematic patron saint. Right. Mm-hmm. So he said that he wanted to put in, he does something right and then does it wrong. So he said he wanted to put in <laughs> <laughs> um, some millions, a few million dollars into black women starting their businesses or starting, you know, startups. Which is great. Mm-hmm. I feel like but, it's a big but, of course. Yeah. The caveat was like, oh, but I don't mean hair salons and uh, what was the other thing he said? Hair salons and... He said hair salons and something else. Versus like, sir. And restaurants or something stupid oh, like that. Goodness, and it's just Charles. like, ugh. You was gonna... Mess it up in right? some way. Just, right. just let people be. Oh goodness. But yeah, that's uh, just something I want to take away. Is like, stop, stop, stop playing games. <laughs> Charles Barkley, this, this is for you. Stop putting restrictions on people. And lastly, um, I hope you guys have really been enjoying these little proverbs. Mm-hmm. If you have noticed, we do proverbs in the beginning of each episode. So if you'd like to submit your own black proverb, you can email us at the Black Triad Podcast at gmail.com or you can even DM us on Instagram or put comments on whatever um, proverb you want and you might just hear it on an episode. Yeah, so, also Twitter too. Yes, yes, Twitter also viable which is also the Black Triad. So all our, our Instagram or Twitter is all the Black Triad. It's only our email just that's the Black Triad podcast. You know, right, so. right. So also send us love, send us like praise, like I just want positive views. Yeah, just hit us up for any comments about even episode ideas, mm-hmm. point of views that maybe we didn't bring up that we can maybe discuss maybe next episode before we start our segments. Like just give us feedback. Mm-hmm. We want to hear it. Yeah. Right? And we do hear I do get a lot of feedback yes, from people. A lot of verbal feedback. Yeah. But yeah. you know, maybe we'll even have an episode or even make a segment on talking about what was missed in different episodes or different yeah. viewpoints because the whole point of this is to get all these black viewpoints from black people living in the United States and Actual even abroad, people. you know? <laughs> hey, no no trolls, all you blacks rules people. Yeah, no, no black rule people. <laughs> trying to yeah. pretend you're black, like all those, like the Russian infiltrators trying to pretend they're black. But, you know, that's, it's been great, so we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Peace.